Welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I will start by asking, what's new to you, Alex? I'm exhausted. (laughs) It sounds like it. What's going on? What kind of day did you have? Yesterday at work. It's the end of the month and it was a Friday, so bank is just busy. Right. And then today was Saturday, which is usually not too busy, but it's hot out and everybody in the whole world was like, it's a Saturday. Not many people are going to be at the bank. Let's go take care of our 30-minute bank needs. Oh, no. So we had like people coming in to take their wives that they just divorced off of all of their accounts they had like people like that are like i need this and i need this and i need this uh and i need this and then there are people like oh i'm having a garage sale i need some change needed four hundred dollars in change like what are you selling yeah how big is your garage sale like how valuable (laughs) is your junk right uh so that was tough and then on top of that our our uh, little cash dispenser um kept crashing on us so like halfway through a transaction we'd have to like start over and go get yeah <laughs> Ugh, that sucks man yeah so i'm just i was i was exhausted last night and then today i was like it's a saturday it'll be great and then i just didn't have a time like it was just oh no so busy. well have but, you been up to anything fun um uh yes and we'll talk about one of those (laughs) things today as one of our topics right um but uh been working on poetry still and i also just got two poetry books in the mail on the way here right so i'm really excited well and you had some pretty cool poetry news recently didn't you yeah i had a couple um poems published this week Mm -hmm. and i really 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 like them and you should all hop on my twitter and find them because i don't want to or go to tinyflamespress.com where they are part of Mm -hmm. the july uh issue and your nomination oh okay i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) you forgot (laughs) well okay so every year a press called sundress press does a couple award nominations that they do Um, One of them is called Best of the Net, where online literary journals nominate um, a couple of their um, poems or stories or nonfiction for different categories um, for Best of the Net. And I've been submitting to online journals for at least four years, if not longer. And I'm always hoping, but then I'm always, when I don't get nominated, which, I mean, they don't tell you you didn't, you just know if you did. Um, yeah, I just make snarky posts about like, I nominate myself for best of the net or stuff like that. <laughs> and then this week, almost the same day, it might have been actually the same day as those three poems got published. Um, I got an email from uh, Meow Meow Pow or Meow Pow Wow. It, it, they're like, a, <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. Um, they uh, nominated one of my poems for best of the net. And I was excited, very excited. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm, that's that's good. So there's while work has been sort of 
stressful. The poetry stuff, although it doesn't always feel like it's going well, uh, has, at least for this week, gone well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so cool. I'm very happy for you. And what about you? Me? Oh, I, actually, I've had a really, <laughs> really work-heavy week, uh, too. I, I've been trying right, to get caught up quit. at work. <laughs> Just the one, but... Uh... <laughs> But we've been kind of behind with some stuff. And so I've been working late several days this last Ugh. week to try to get caught up. Mm-hmm. And now I think I am. I finally, like on Friday, got all caught up and it's really great. But like it was super duper exhausting. Um, but then I was like, now nah, I'm going to I'm going to take control of stuff that I need to be doing. And I um, I finally went into the gym here at my apartment's. Because I mentioned before, it's like an actual real public gym that we get free membership to because we live here. So I was like, I'm just going to go and get my gym membership. I'm just going to do that because I meant to. So I did that the other day. And then yesterday I went in and worked out for about an hour. And it was great. I actually, I I decided to just watch Netflix while I was exercising. I feel like a lot of people um, do that. it, It worked really, really well to pass the time actually I was like okay I gotta put on something really engrossing so that I just like forget that I'm exercising and it and there it definitely worked like it helped it go by really quick I, I just re- I started re-watching the Borgias uh-huh. <laughs> I love that show so much um and it's just it's very engrossing and so I managed to like work out for an hour um on the elliptical and the extra cycle and it you know it it, it went quite well and I felt good afterward awesome. um and I was like oh boy but like I'm in such terrible shape I know that this is going to be really hurting me later oh yeah <laughs> I was worried about today uh-huh. I actually feel fine right now like I feel fatigued but I'm not sore it was last night Mm-hmm. I woke up in the middle of the night in excruciating oh. pain. It was the worst yeah. feeling. Like my legs felt like they were burning. It was horrible. Yeah. Like I was dying. I was in so much pain and I didn't know what to do about it. Cause like, I don't know, I'm in bed, I'm sleeping. Like what could I do? I ended up getting up and taking some ibuprofen yeah, and I ended yeah. up getting back to sleep, but it was so miserable. Just this searing, well, searing like pain in my leg. For it to kick in before you can even like not focus on it right. to sleep. Yeah, I was like kind of trying to like massage my legs, hoping oh. that would help. But you know, it's just the lactic acid. Like, what can you really do? Like, it's just <laughs> chemicals burning you, and you can't, you can't do anything about it. It just has to pass. Yeah, but I actually feel fine today, so I'm glad about that. At least I slept through most of it. <laughs> Um, oh, fun thing we also did, you and me, buddy, Woo! is we started playing Pathfinder. Yes, For real, we played it. Uh-huh. And it's going, <laughs> I don't know, I was going to say it's going well. It's very fun. We've had some disasters. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like my character feels like it, his, 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 he's good with himself. He does not trust any other character in that whole damn thing. No, you're being real, real suspicious. <laughs> I like. I didn't expect a mystery. 
Oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't warn you because, yeah, like Will <laughs> is not going to just do a straightforward campaign ever. Like there's always going to be intrigue. There's always something to figure out, something going on, different stuff, people with different motivations and stuff. Like it's never going to be just like go and fight the goblins in the cave, <laughs> you don't, know? Don't get mad at me if I accidentally attack somebody who I thought was suspicious and turns out is a good person. Well, I'm more worried about our uh, our other teammate, uh, <laughs> Reyna, deciding to just murder people indiscriminately. Yeah. And my character, Alf Hilder, she's like, please, I just don't want to be around people at all. Please, everyone stop what you're doing. Can I just stop being around people? I want to go live in the woods again. So- <laughs> yeah, everybody kind of yeah. stop. <laughs> hey. I don't know, man. It's a big result. Elfil just doing pretty well for herself. She did, she got hurt one time from a magic ring that she put on herself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty well for and myself. Of course, I of course, the, I got two... the, the murderous rogue gets like this amazing bow that just like kills people. Right, I know that's a really cool item. Uh, yeah, for listeners, um, our GM, my husband, uh. He gave us he gave us the opportunity to basically purchase some really awesome magic items. Um, of course, then it was kind of like uh, we were, you know, it was a bit of a scam because, yeah, I go and buy the magic item, but you don't necessarily know what it does. And then the wizard who's selling them is like, and now I have these spells of identification if you want to buy those. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you swindler. Uh, so... Uh, but it was a lot of fun. We got some pretty interesting stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, our rogue got a bow that just seems to um, not care about armor. It yeah. just or, acts or like that. It's not like perhaps uh, also yeah, cover you, just doesn't exist. Yeah, perhaps also walls. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about walls. But at very least, it just went through armor like it wasn't there. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was a fun surprise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's fun, and it's gonna be fun, and we're gonna play again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, why don't we just start? Sure. Um, yeah, we're doing kind of a different thing. We got sort of a, an episode in three parts for you. Um, first, we're gonna start out with some uh, mini film reviews, because we both saw two different movies recently and we just want to talk about them tell it share our share our thoughts so uh do you want to go first alex sure so i um saw mama mia here we go again (laughs) because i fell into the uh marketing trap of i gotta say man those were some good trailers they're good trailers and they're all over like twitter ads were all up on me um (laughs) And I didn't, I did not like the first one, like at all. I didn't really find it very memorable. And I, and I was like, I so wanted to like it. (laughs) I'm very picky about jukebox musicals myself. See, I, I just, I think the music wasn't the issue. (laughs) Well, no, it's the, the issue is that it was a means to an end and that end was singing ABBA songs. It's like the the plot was secondary. And yeah. so a lot of the time I find a jukebox musical, it's just like coasting on the music. Yes. 
Um, and that's definitely what happened in Mamma Mia, the first one. Um, but in part two, it's sort of a sequel and a prequel. Um, we, yeah. we, we see um, uh, Meryl Streep's character's life from college uh, onward. Um, and uh, she is just like out to explore and find out her place. And so she's just on her adventures and cute guys keep popping up and she keeps having, um, I don't normally do this with them. <laughs> right, right. And she's played by the incomparably adorable Lily James. And it's like, yes, yes. And she does an excellent job. Like sells it, sells it, sells it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually... Um, You'd think just like in concept that that would be not great about the like the not great part because it doesn't have any of the, the regular cast um, from the first mm-hmm. one. But it's actually some of the strongest parts of the movie because you see this immense chemistry between her and the other lead and the lead guys. Like <laughs> just overflowing, especially with um, Bill. Um, oh, really? Yes, 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 yes. Um but I think it's mostly that actor's charisma because he is just loaded with charisma. Oh my goodness. Which, which chemistry is so important. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Which is funny because when you figure out when, what, I mean, you know who she eventually picked and it's just like funny that she had, at least I felt she had stronger chemistry with one of the other guys. Huh? Um, but it fit, it fit, it fit the movie too. It wasn't like, uh, why is she going with the other guy? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt justified. And then in the uh, current timeline, present, I guess, um, we're back with uh, uh, I don't I, sh- I don't know their names because I didn't <laughs> pay attention enough. So who cares? <laughs> but Amanda Z- <laughs> Z- Z- Siegfried Siegfried uh, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried Amanda Seyfried. She um, I don't want to give away a spoiler because people will probably not see the movie if they hear it, but. Uh, Amanda Seyfried <laughs> is uh, basically putting on, launching a hotel um, on the on the island, hmm. um, like built up to be like the dream, uh, you know, just that the place that they they all Greek paradise, yeah, exactly. Of... Um, and she's having some romantic issues because her husband's away, and they're having some hmm. struggles. Um, and then, of course, the um, the uh, adoptive aunties come to visit um Mm. and that's really cute and wonderful honestly a a really like small thing that i noticed is all of the extras in the movie were like serving it like they all were so funny just with like their facial expressions and movements and they were all really good dancers too cool Um, that helps yeah when i feel like i don't i mean i haven't seen the first one since i saw it the one time but i feel like they definitely upped their game on like the ensemble cast that's good that dance- helps yeah, a lot um and so she's you know going through this whole hotel thing and then there's some disasters and eventually everybody comes together and it's a big celebration um and Cher is there and and Cher shows up uninvited (laughs) and it's sort of otherworldly because we haven't seen her in so long yeah and she almost doesn't even like 
she's exactly herself, which is somewhat seems like unlike her. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's just weird because it's been so long. Um, and then she plays Meryl Streep's character's mom. Yeah. Yes. 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 In the um, present day. Yes. And so, she- as a side note, I'm curious. What the age difference between Cher and Meryl Streep is, because it can't be that significant, right? Um, in real life? Yeah! <laughs> well, I, I I think it's probably at least 10 years, but that's not enough. No, it's not! <laughs> well, but, okay, so Cher's character is, like, this uh, pop star that's, like, always touring and all that. So it, it would be, it would sort of make sense for, like, you know, if she had a daughter really young and then she sort of just like continued with her career while the daughter was off at boarding school or whatever. Yeah. Um, that felt like it would be very uh, much that character. But anyway, Cher shows up and she's like, I'm ready to be part of this family. And it's not like a joke or anything. She's not like a villain. There's no villains in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, just romantic mishaps. Romantic and also... Um, uh, there's also some, you know, it's definitely a mother-daughter movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to explain why, but it is, and it's it's good. Um, <laughs> but Cher shows up, shows up, and she sees, so a new character they added to the, I think he's new, they added to the cast. He's like this older, like, sailor type guy who, like, helps run the hotel Mm-hmm. And like the aunties are in love with him and he's so like suave and like nice. And then Cher sees him and she's like, they'd recognize each other. Oh. And then she starts singing Fernando and it's so <laughs> amazing. And her, okay, I got to say, as a side note, I just looked it up. Meryl Streep is 69. Cher is 72. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> well, just it. The way their characters look, it it, it looks plausible. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cher singing Fernando, like I've been listening to it so much since I watched the movie because it's like, you're just so happy to hear her sing again and she sounds exactly like she always did. And, oh, wow. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Not good. Yeah, I've heard good things. I just, I really like lily james a lot lately like she's just been doing some really good stuff Mm -hmm. i think she's precious and and really talented i think she's got a a good good career still ahead of her like she's she's great yeah she definitely sold me in this role um Uh well because she she played um debbie in baby driver and that was so good she was so good in that she's just so cute and then she was um, the live-action Cinderella, which I know didn't do well, but I really enjoyed. I thought she was lovely, and I cried like three times while watching it. <laughs> well, you will cry during this movie, too. Um, there's no, like... Again, there's no villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there's just really tender moments. Oh, and I didn't even mention the music. Okay. So the problem that was with the original movie is that the music did not match what was happening in the story. That's what, that's the issue I find a lot with jukebox music. It's been solved. Oh? So they just, they pulled a little deeper from the, the catalog. Well, cause they didn't want to reuse too much from the first one. Yeah. I think they only reused like two songs. Uh-huh. Um, um, 
uh, at least two. <laughs> um, and 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 the the big the big numbers like Mamma Mia, um, they're the, they they're actual performances by the characters rather than like singing about somebody. Okay. Uh, like the the characters on a stage performing for a crowd. Uh huh. Uh huh. So it, it's it's diegetic. Yeah. Um, and then the other songs they pick, like. Even if the lyrics don't perfectly fit the situation, the emotion fits. The mm-hmm. um, the way they've rewritten the songs, that, that the way they've adapted the songs fits better. Um, hmm. Because it's not all just pop hits, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the, uh, like, Dancing Queen, there's only, like, the overture of Dancing Queen. And mm. used very tastefully. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, I didn't recognize most of the songs, but... I fell in love with them because of the performances by the actors and the way they were portrayed. Well, that's cool. That is yeah. cool. Cause yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of the time a jukebox musical just really leans on people being like, Oh, I like this song. <laughs> uh, but when you're ta- taking deeper polls, it's like you're, you can't rest on the song recognition alone. Yeah. And honestly, because of how I think successfully they pulled this one off, I wouldn't be upset if they did a third. Um, mostly because... Just, they, they might be out of ABBA tunes at that point. Well, but ABBA's releasing a new album. Did you not hear oh that? Oh my god. <laughs> That's right. I forgot ABBA's back. And Cher's doing a whole ABBA album that comes out in September, which she just released <laughs> the track listing to. So, oh like, goodness. they're coming back full swing, so of course they're going to do another one. Especially because I can't see how this one would do poorly since it's better right yeah well that's cool yeah i've been hearing good things so i'm glad yeah i'm gonna see it again tonight (laughs) oh my goodness well i'm going with my mom and she doesn't always get to go to the movies and i i think she'll really really love it no it's it's fun to go see a movie that you enjoy again with somebody who hasn't seen it like that's a that's a fun thing to do Mm -hmm. yeah uh i gotta say though just speaking of ABBA, um, I forgot to mention I went and saw a live production of the musical Chess, which was co-written by the two male members of ABBA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and man, that show is a trip because it's like this really <laughs> serious, like, well, serious, I don't know. It's this really like overwrought political drama centered around like, a chess grandmaster match mm-hmm. during the cold war um it was a good production it was a local sort of like high tier community theater production um and uh, i was just thinking about it because of abba and because you were talking about like having chemistry because mm-hmm. it's so crucial for these characters in this musical to have chemistry because it's also like a love triangle mm-hmm. and these actors they were very talented singers but they had <laughs> zero chemistry they had nothing between them and it was like oh boy because it's like this romance happens really fast uh-huh. like really really fast and it all happens basically over the course of one song that they fall in love and uh-huh. so you gotta like sell that yeah, otherwise yeah. it's mm-hmm. like because it's like this guy is betraying his country, the USSR, to, like, be with this woman. (laughs) Like, he's, like, defecting in order to be with her. And it just doesn't, it didn't, it didn't. But uh, 
also like i mean it was it was a high quality community theater production we got these tickets for free from will's work um which was cool i was looking in the program and tickets to this musical cost wait for it forty dollars <laughs> and i was like what i would never pay forty dollars i would pay forty dollars for angels in america and that's like eight hours long that's all <laughs> like and like i'll pay i'll pay forty dollars or more to go see like a touring broadway show but it's like this is a community theater in oregon i'm not <laughs> I'm not and like I, I don't want to say what the theater is because I don't want to piss anybody off um I mean it was good it was good but it's just like I don't know how you can justify that ticket price I mean I guess that's why they have the money to put on this level of like production quality but it's just it I would not ever like because they <laughs> they're doing Pippin later this year and I love Pippin and I was like oh boy hey if this is any good we should go see Pippin and then I was like <sighs> I'm not paying $80 for us to go see their production of Pippin. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, sorry, yeah. Anything else you want to say about yes, Mama uh, Mia? A couple notes. Um, the only one that doesn't have chemistry with Lily James is um, young Colin Firth, but he's gay, so it's like... No. You know, Do you know who the actor is? I don't know him. I haven't seen him a day in my life. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's, I don't know. Anyway, he... They don't, he's just awkward and quirky because like that's. It's Colin first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like so forcing it, but it's also like he's gay. So he's forcing <laughs> it, you know? So it works. Um, and then also, I don't necessarily advise staying through the credits, but at the end, I, I'm assuming it's in the credits because it's the last song on the the track listing on, uh, on the album. Um, Meryl Streep has a cover, well, obviously they're all covers, sings one yeah. of the songs and it's so beautiful. I was, I didn't stay for the credits, but I listened to it when I got home and it's like, it's just gorgeous. Oh, wow. And they did a That's really good nice. job with adapting the song too. They made it, they turned all the synth into um, piano. Huh. Um, and then they changed all the, the references so they were more uh, current. Um, yeah. So yeah. Definitely, like, check out, after you see it, check out the songs on whatever you want to check them out on. Spotify or whatever. Yeah. I bet it's on Spotify. It is on Spotify. And while you're on Spotify checking out the Mamma Mia Here We Go Again soundtrack, you can also subscribe to us. You could do that while you're at it. But you <laughs> probably already subscribed to us if you're listening to us, so. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, welcome, if you're new. Yeah. Hey, yo, you can subscribe to us places, wherever you want to, pretty much. And if you just subscribe to us on Spotify, also go check out the Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again soundtrack. Yeah, you're probably already on Spotify right now. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not too difficult of a trip for you. <laughs> so what did you see? I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um... Now, I, I should have checked because I'm not sure, like, because, you know, if I was talking about, like, Infinity War or something, I'd be like, yeah, obviously everybody saw it. <laughs> so I'm just sharing my opinions. But, like, I don't know if Ant-Man and the I mean, like, it did probably pretty well, but, like, I don't know if, like, everyone saw it the way that they see, you know, the other bigger Marvel films. Well, I mean, it had to um, compete with Mamma Mia, so. 
It did. Well, okay. Because I was, um, so I think that it did um, make number one uh, box office uh, its opening weekend. Uh Um, But then it it ended up um, falling behind Hotel Transylvania 3. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which I still haven't seen and I really want to (laughs) see. I love Hotel Transylvania, okay? Uh, I'm just a I'm just a little goth kid and I love it. Um but so I so yeah, I guess I'm just gonna I don't know. I guess I can't assume that everyone has seen it. I I know that you haven't even seen the first one. Um I would say assume that we're not going to, so go ahead with whatever spoilers. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so I'm just uh, well, okay, because no, I know. No, I mean, like, it's one of the ones that if, you know, if you miss it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, it's not crucial. It's just fun. No They're just fun. <laughs> no, and and I that's what I really liked about the first one, actually. That was a big selling point for me on it. It was it's just like, oh, this is just like its own thing. And it's fun. And it doesn't have world altering consequences. It's just like a fun action movie. Um, I think maybe this time around, I was suffering from a bit of Marvel fatigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Will liked it a lot more than I did. And I'm not, it's not to say I disliked it. I had a good time. I thought it was very funny. There were some really good action scenes, but at times I got kind of bored, mm-hmm. um, mostly during sort of expository scenes. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, huh. <laughs> Like, <laughs> sort of, it, it it didn't hold my attention the way that I wish that it would have. Yeah. Because um, this, you know, the first one is Scott Lang becoming Ant-Man. Um, the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym, uh, played by um, Michael Douglas, uh, who's great. He's great. Uh, he ends up sort of recruiting... Scott to be the new Ant-Man after Scott um breaks into his house. <laughs> he's like he's an ex-con um like he was like a burglar and he went to jail <laughs> for burglary. <laughs> and he uh he ends up but like Hank needs somebody who is a burglar. He needs somebody who knows how to break in because it's a heist movie. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, the first one is a heist film. And so, yeah. It, and so that's like a fun twist on it. It's like, it's not your, um, like we were talking about last episode, films that sort of have a hidden genre. Um, it, it, it was a, it, it was a heist film in superhero films clothing. Yeah. Uh, this time around, it's much more of your ordinary superhero conflict um, just <laughs> this, the film just invites these puns. It's on a smaller scale. Uh, it's not, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Cause it's not about like fighting Thanos. It's not, in fact, it does, uh, very definitively pl- take place like right before yeah. Thanos stuff goes down, like even sort of concurrently with infinity war. Uh-huh. Um, because it, it starts out with Scott, he's about to, um, he, he, he's about to be released from house arrest mm-hmm. following his sort of treason that <laughs> happened during <laughs> Civil War. Uh, he's been under house arrest for two years and he's about to be released when um, Hank and his uh, daughter, I feel real bad for forgetting her name, she's played by... Evangeline Lilly, 
Um, and she's sort of uh, Scott's on again, off again love interest. Um, and the wasp now, the new wasp. Uh, uh, they're, they like sneak him out of house arrest to help them again because they think that maybe Hank's wife who got lost in the tiny verse I can't think <laughs> of the name of like the super subatomic place you can't come back from mm-hmm. she got trapped there but then they think maybe she's alive and we need Scott's help to get her back um because he saw her there maybe kind of because he came back from there anyway I don't know it's this whole like I mean, it's just, it's just your superhero, you know, like, oh, we got to rescue her. And then there's some bad guys who want to get our tech and we have to make sure that you don't get caught from your house arrest. And, um, there's a very cool new villain, um, ghost. She's this, um, gal who actually her father worked with Hank Pym back when they were doing, they were first doing their, like, shrinky mm-hmm. technology stuff shrinky dinks and yeah when they were shrinky dinking it um her dad was like caught in a terrible accident her parents so like they were at this facility and then like things were going bad and he's like run you gotta get out of here take the daughter and the w- mom's like okay and like grabs her and they run and then she's like no i gotta help daddy and she runs back in and mom chases her there's this horrible terrible shrinky dink explosion <laughs> and <laughs> and both her parents are killed and she's caught in some kind of weird like matter fluctuation thing where she's like she keeps phasing through things like she's not intact Uh like she's like living in this weird state where like her her atoms are constantly like tearing apart and reattaching and she's like so she like it's she lives in agony uh, and has since childhood with this weird condition and she thinks that she can get some i don't know time particles i don't know like i couldn't <laughs> it, like it didn't really seem to matter what yeah, anything was yeah. at the time that i was watching this movie so the the whole plan is we got to get mom out of the tiny verse um and this villain is like i can extract some kinds of uh, you know wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff from her to fix my bad body um this may kill her but i don't care uh-huh. and lawrence fishburne is helping her <laughs> i didn't even know lawrence fishburne was in this movie he's another former colleague of hanks and he <laughs> like secretly is working with this girl ghost in order to like get make her better he like took her in when she became orphaned and it has been like trying using his science to like try to stabilize her and find a cure for her breaky party atoms um and so like at first he's like he he's like a total villain you're like oh no he's working with her after all and he doesn't even care if mom gets killed by this thing they're gonna do and then at a certain point he just like is like actually maybe this is evil and i don't want to do it (laughs) and it's i don't really know what motivated this change in him because like ghost is like totally ruthless and i get him being like we have to draw a line here because she's like i'm gonna threaten scott's little baby daughter so that we can get what we need from them and Lawrence fishburne's like please don't do that thing i will not help you if you do that thing and then later he's just like maybe we don't do the thing that we've been planning on doing 
And I'm not really sure what motivated that. And I felt weird about it. And Lawrence Fishburne is good enough that I just mostly tried not to worry about it. But it did kind of stick in my head. Like, yeah, why did he turn good like why did what like there was no moment there was no scene of him being like oh man this is a real person and we could like mess up mess them up or kill them if if we do this and and he probably knew her as well yeah they knew each other like yeah he knew her from back before you know all the stuff went down like so like i'm not totally sure like there was no moment between him and Hank where he's like, Oh man, like I kind of miss you and I care about you. And Oh God, what have I been doing? Like maybe there was something that got cut Yeah, probably because it just kind of felt like out of nowhere, he had a change of heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was odd. Um, (laughs) in the, uh, in the first film, one of the sort of funniest gags was, um, there's this, character played by oh god is his name michael pena i think so um yeah he uh he plays this very funny sort of best friend to scott who like works with him they have like this new home security company because they know how to do home security because they're Uh (laughs) ex-cons and he's very funny he's a really great sort of i mean I would I would say comic relief character except the whole movie is a comedy but he's like a he's like a jokey sidekick sort of mm-hmm. role and he just like talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and that's his thing is that he just never shuts up and um there's this bit in the first movie where he's like telling a story of like how he got some information and he just like tells a story in this really long-winded kind of a way it's like and so i went up to her and i was like hey baby what's going on and she's like oh nothing you know i'm just hanging and like he just keeps going and going and telling the story when he could just like Mm -hmm. say the thing and that's the joke and it's really funny and everyone's like oh my god get to the point and so they try to bring that gag back in a way that just was really forced I was like, ugh, like that was a really funny part of that first film and you just wanted to do it again, but you didn't have a good reason. Mm-hmm. Because the first time around, it's just this guy like telling a story way too long. And and like that's a thing that people will do where it's just like, okay, yeah, 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 get to the point. Like I don't need all this extra information. But this time, these bad guys are looking for Scott and they there is this rather funny bit about like they're giving him this truth serum that they insist isn't truth serum because uh, they're like no truth serum doesn't exist this is a compound that i invented and that he's like but it sounds like it's a truth serum and they're like it's not truth serum doesn't exist <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny but then they ask him like where is scott lang and he tells he goes on this whole story talking about like where scott lang is emotionally like what he's been going through yeah and they're like no where is he right now geographically he's like oh well he's here and like it's like he like and it didn't come across as though he was saying this to try to like find a loophole like it wasn't that he was tricking them it was just that somehow he actually thought that they they were asking his emotional state like Uh where is he meaning like in in his journey as a person Uh and so he like tells this it's very amusing the way he tells this story about like what scott's been going through but it's like i just didn't believe it like the joke didn't 
work for me because it wasn't justified, you know? Mm -hmm. So you know what I was imagining when you were telling about, like, the Shrinky Dink place and all that? (laughs) I was imagining that episode of Monster Factory where they shrink Trash Hulk. (laughs) That's what it's like, and then they lose him. (laughs) That's what happened to Hank Pym's wife. (laughs) She just shrunk down too much. Uh, and I will say she's played rather remarkably and far too in far too few scenes by Michelle Pfeiffer. Ooh. Yeah, she w- I, she showed up. I was like, oh, what? Michelle Pfeiffer? Well, okay, that's the way this movie started out, and I didn't know that it had begun because <laughs> it was like trailers were sh- playing, and then like normally they'll show like the, the Marvel, Marvel logo, yeah. you know, cha 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 like logo thingy. They didn't. It just like a scene started, and I just thought it was another trailer. Uh huh. And then Michelle Pfeiffer was there, and I was like, Michelle Pfeiffer, what's this movie? And then Michael Douglas with his computer young face is in the background. I'm like, wait a second, is this the movie? Has it started? (laughs) And like it had, and it was like a flashback to like what the night that she shrinked down too much, um, because you know she she and. And Hank were the original yeah. Wasp and Ant-Man. Um, and yeah, they were like, t- she heroically shrunk down too much <laughs> and <laughs> saved everybody and got lost. Um, but yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> the movie started. You didn't tell me. Uh, but she's wonderful. And she turned magic. Yeah, I'll just tell you what happens because you ain't going to see it. And we no. already warned about spoilers. <laughs> um they do get her. They get her. And um, originally, uh, Scott's the one who's going to go down and get her out. Oh, no, no. Well, first it's going to be Scott, and then it's going to be girl. I can't think of her name. Again, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, but like her actual human name. Well, you can say her superhero name. It's on the movie. Yeah, Wasp <laughs> is going to do it. And then some bad things happen with this secondary villain character. And so, um, and they have to go and do a big superhero scene. And so Michael Douglas is like, I'm going to go down and get her. I'll do it. And he does. And he does. And he gets her. And it's great. And they're reunited. And it's very touching. Um, and turns out, I mean, like, she's, so she's been living inside the tiny verse for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and so as you can imagine, she maybe went a little crazy for a while, mm-hmm. but then she like, got super very wise and maybe magic because <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like being down here changes you like evolutionarily so like i'm different than i was when you last saw me 30 years ago and um so like you know there's this whole scene where they're like trying to stop ghost from like sucking out all her tiny bits <laughs> <laughs> while they're like unshrinking from the tiny verse and she manages they manage to get back in time you know ant-man and wasp delay it enough that they can make it back into full-sized and um so it's like oh boy crisis averted we stopped the bad guy and then the bad guy's like i'm in a bad way like i'll die if i don't get something to fix me and michelle pfeiffer's like I got this. Mm-hmm. And she's like super wonderful and magical and like the sweetest, most peaceful angel mother and like comes up to ghost and just like touches her face and like, shoo, 
<laughs> and like fixes her with her tiny verse magic that she now has. And I'm like, give me more tiny verse Michelle Pfeiffer Angel Woman. Like, this is so good and so cool. Like, this is what I want. Give give her a movie. Like Honestly, Michelle Pfeiffer needs a blockbuster movie. Like, you don't even have to make it a superhero movie. She can it can just be like superhero could be the like we were talking about like the subgenre. It could be superhero, but it could be like you know, there are so many superhero movies. Let's do like, what if it's an intense drama with her and she has these magic magic angel powers? Yeah. Well, and and, and she's now like a part of the Ant-Man family. Like she's back and they're helping. Because um, apparently, so there's like, a, a you know, there's a couple after credits stingers. And the uh, first one is um, they're shrinking Scott down to go and get some tiny particles because they're going to continue to help Ghost. Like, she's not totally better mm-hmm. now. Like, like Mom, like, made her feel better, but she still, like, needs to get more help. And so he's, like, going to, like, get some bits for her, and so they can just help her, like, voluntarily. And while he's shrinked down, Thanos snaps his fingers. <laughs> and all three of them get poofed and scott is trapped tiny in the tiny verse oh no and so that's what's happening to scott right now <laughs> is that is that every, every, they left him tiny and he's stuck down there trapped oh. and no one can bring him out so <laughs> and now we have to sift through their dust well he can't though is the thing he can't get out of the tiny verse no, without because I mean, like, there's he's so tiny that he can see the dust He's not even. Even tinier than that. Okay, it's like it's like the it's subatomic. Yeah, okay. He's subatomic right now. Okay. They use this like weird sort of gate thing that they build to like shrink down safely to subatomic levels and then be able to come back. They like built this thing in order to get mom back, and so now they're using it to like get the little bit the little tiny particles. And um, so he's trapped subatomic. And he can't come back. And he's like, hey, guys, okay, I'm ready. Like, this is very funny. Ha, ha, ha. Bring me back now. Mm-hmm. And they're just gone. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, that so that was pretty cool. I kind of called it. Like, I figured once they when they were doing that thing, because very, like, very specifically, um, like, Hank says something to Scott about, like, hey, be careful down there, because if something, something, something we won't be able to bring you back. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh no, I know exactly when this is because it's <laughs> two years after, it's two years after uh, Civil War. And it, like, I'm just thinking about the timelines because like Hulk was trapped on Sakaar for two years. And then as soon as he comes back from Sakaar, that's when Thanos shows yeah. up. And so it's like two years, two years. <laughs> no! <laughs> I know what's about to happen! And it did. Yeah. Um, so I guess overall, like, uh, it was fun to see. I, I, honestly, I think other people are liking it more than I did, so maybe that was just me. Like, it's getting, like, you know, four out of five stars in a, yeah. at a lot of places. Like, it's very well, being very well received. So, you know, uh, take my criticisms with a grain of salt, because apparently to plenty of people... They didn't feel that way. Certainly Will didn't feel that way. Like, he really liked it. And I, I didn't dislike it. But I uh, maybe I was just not in the mood. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, let's do our third thing. I don't remember what the third thing was. <laughs> We're going to talk about oh, yes, the yes, last yes, yes, yes. airbender. Oh, I forgot. I'm so excited. Yeah, he, he, he's got me to watching it and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've been watching through the Blu-rays and uh, let's see the last. So I haven't, I was going to watch um, more of it, but then um, Dylan's girlfriend has been over and we've all been hanging out and that's been nice. So I, I was going to watch more today and then they were like, let's get brunch. And I'm like, well, brunch it is. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> so, uh, we should definitely talk about one of the last ones we watched when I was over. Which is yes, because that's the last time that I watched it was when you were. Which here. is probably one of the fan favorite episodes for the first season, uh, the Blue Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Blue Spirit. Oh my God. Okay, first thing I gotta say is the animation. You are totally, totally right. Like I am blown away at times by the really very cool choreography and just really well animated stuff. Like it looks great, and like I'm used to television cartoon fight scenes being a bit sort of underwhelming Mm -hmm. um but this they really just go for it and there's some great stuff and especially in that episode like the escape scene was (laughs) one of the best scenes i've ever watched in a children's television show like it was so exciting Mm -hmm. and and intense like you really didn't know what was going to happen at any moment. Yeah. It was like, oh, like you, re- it, the tension, and especially, you know, when it's like a movie, it's like there's only so many outcomes that can happen yeah. right now because, you know, like that. that's just, we got to get moving. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like Aang's been captured and like maybe he'll stay captured for yeah. a while or maybe he'll get away or maybe something else entirely will happen and all of these outcomes are possible. Uh-huh. So it, like it was just I, it was just nail biting <laughs> and you have no like prior hints to who the blue spirit is so you're like is this somebody new well, and exciting why are they scary and, and the thing is at the time i remarked to you i was like this they did this perfectly because they definitely set it up but then they made you forget that they set uh-huh, it up uh-huh. Because I mean, like, I, I guess probably like either either you've seen it or you don't care <laughs> if you're listening to this right now. So the blue spirit is this guy who just shows up out of nowhere to rescue Aang from being captured by the Fire Nation. Um, turns out it was Zuko all along. And it's like, what? It was Zuko? <laughs> ah, what? So he was trying to like steal Aang, basically, from uh Admiral. Uh, Zhao to like because he's like I gotta capture the avatar and so he's like stealing Zhao's prisoner um, by pretending to rescue him and they're working together to to escape and it's just good it's just good and man then you get and they're up on those bamboo when they're, stilts. when they're almost out they get cornered and then the blue spirit pulls the swords up against Aang's neck and backs away. Yeah, because Zhao needs him yeah. alive. They don't. They don't want the Avatar to die because that just means he's going to be reincarnated, and then they have to start all yeah. over mm-hmm. again. So Zhao wants to keep Aang imprisoned alive forever, and so by threatening to kill Aang, Zhao has no choice but to let him go. Uh, and then oh, and it was so because Aang is such a good. I know boy. he's so sweet. Because then. Because Zhao's whole plan was like, just let him go. We'll snipe him. I've got the world's best <laughs> archers right here at my disposal, coincidentally. Just let him get about, uh, you know, 100 yards away. Then we'll shoot him with an arrow and go recapture the Avatar. Like, this is fine. 
uh, luckily Zuko's wearing his very cool Oni mask, and uh, the it you know it knock the arrow knocks him out but doesn't kill him because I don't know the world's most precise archer didn't think he needed to aim somewhere else. <laughs> well, that was the only I good shot he had, I think, because Aang was in the way. Oh, because he had Aang, yeah, so he like over Aang's shoulder, like hits him in the face, but the the mm-hmm. mask stops the arrow, knocks out Zuko. Aang sees that it's Zuko, and is like, well. I'm gonna rescue him, and he, like, takes him away to safety, and, like, waits with him until he regains consciousness, and then runs off, and it's like- Well, he not only waits with him, and then he's like, you know, do you think in another life we could have been friends? I had friends in the Fire Nation. It's like, Aang, you're so good! And also, yeah, there were just some- there's some- because that episode was when Katara and, um, Sokka were sick, um, so that's why they were indisposed- and that's when Aang went to try to get medicine for like, that lady. You're insane. That crazy yep. lady. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. And yeah, I'm just continually surprised by the quality of the writing, especially the comedy. Yeah. Like, some of these jokes just really, just very, very funny. And like, you know, like... I'm not one to disparage kids programming at all, but like when you're writing comedy for children, you don't necessarily have to try that hard. Like kids will laugh because like every joke is mm-hmm. new to them. So you can recycle old jokes and get away with it fine because like six-year-olds haven't heard that joke mm-hmm. before. Um, and so, you know, as an adult, you can watch children's program and be like, uh, yawn, like, yep, yep, yep. I, I predicted all of these jokes. Like, mm, there's nothing new here. But like, just the comic timing. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. In Avatar is so good. So I hope you're there's... you're excited for more of the, the timing. Um, <laughs> more Sokka just being Sokka, because he is so delightful. That's so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I gotta say, like, they're doing a very good job of balancing him as the sort of, like, jokey, like, eye roll kind of character. Because, you know, he's the one that says the stupid thing. He's the one who does the obnoxious thing. Like, he's the sort of um, butt of a lot of jokes. But then they do take the time when it's relevant to show, like, no, he really is talented and he is valuable. He He is a useful contributing member of this He has such an amazing arc across the series. The finale... I see it beginning. The finale of this season, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I am so in love with him. And then his, like, um, where he gets to in the third book, um, because he, he ends up being the only one in the team with no bending. Which he still, he, he currently right. is, but more people get added. And so he doesn't have anything he, he feels like he's good at. So he gets a special episode and he finds what he's good at. And it's so amazing. That's cool. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, he is, it's like, oh, he's actually pretty smart at, like, the things that he's tried to be good at. Like, you know, he, the, the, the uh, it, I think that I see a lot of this beginning in the episode um, with the Water Tribe guy. Um I can't oh, remember Bato. the name of the episode. Yes. Bato of the Water Tribe. Yeah. Like, they're going through the woods, and he's like, wait, something happened here. And he's able to, like... Oh, yeah. He's... Detective he's is waiting, right. and he's like, like, oh, I can see what happened here. Like, there's scorch marks. There's Water Tribe weapons. Like, there was a fight here. Like, and he's like, he knows what's going on. And then later, he does the ice dodging thing with the rocks. He's like, 
you know, they t- yeah. test him and let him, like, do this. And, like, he's very good at it. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's fully capable and even pulls something off that Bato didn't think he could do mm-hmm. by using the strengths of his friends. He's like, I know mm-hmm. what my sister and Aang can do, so I'm going to use that to our advantage and pull off something incredible. And he does it. Like, and that's why he's such an amazing character, because he feels put upon because he doesn't have magic. And he, it's not con- magic, it's bending. I, I know. <laughs> he's, 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 he's also the comic relief, but also, like, he ha- when he has to, he has to be the mature one. Because he's the oldest one. They're kids, you know? They are children! You forget that and, sometimes. They are and, ap- actual children. Yeah, and he's, he's the oldest one, so he has to grow up in, in moments. And he does it so, just like seamlessly oh he he is so excellent oh yeah no i'm 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 really enjoying this show like i I can't wait for the finale of book one because that's when you're like i mean i i know you already like it but you will be like indebted to it at that point Mm -hmm. because it's you just feel so grateful for watching it (laughs) And, and like even like subjects that sort of they've been done before um, that have come up in certain episodes, like, I think, I think that, that, you know, they handle it really well and do, do it, like, the episode with, um, what's his name, the cool guy who turns out to not be cool after all, uh, <laughs> the, the, the sort of Robin Hood figure, what's his name? Oh, Jet. Jet, yes. Um, you know, this, that sort of, you know, we've seen this story before of, like, the naive girl who thinks the boy is really awesome, but then it turns out he's a jerk, um, but like it gets really dark. Yeah. Like that episode gets really dark, and you know that is like that is you know there's a reason why that story keeps getting told is because this is a thing that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know this you know a, a girl being manipulated by an older guy who's taking advantage of you know what she sees in him, mm-hmm. and and it's really sinister because he ends up, you know, being an attempted mass murderer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like straight up attempted mass murder uh going down and that's freaky for a Nickelodeon show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could not believe they went there. Um and like he's still trying to manipulate her and it is that that very much like you know, I thought you liked me. Like, don't you believe in what I'm doing? Kind of thing. And it's like, oh, you well, then, son of a bitch. And then like, as, as the viewer, disgusting. as the viewer, you're kind of on his side too. Cause he's so cool. Like he's got the hook. He's swords, so cool at first. Oh my God. Like I had not seen anything like that. I, you still never see those anywhere in, in any media. Like they're so rare it, to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I'm familiar with them, but that's just cause I went through a ninja phase. Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I've got a passing familiarity with a lot of Japanese weaponry, but it is really novel and cool. And that first fight scene where they're like ambushing the Fire Nation camp, uh-huh. like that was cool. Like they're all cool and they seem really likable. And like, so they, they, they make, and of course they have to do the like, you know, Sokka didn't like them at first because he was like jealous. And then he sees that they're actually up to some really messed up shit and then they don't believe him yep. mm-hmm. uh katara and ang don't believe him because they're like you're just jealous you just don't like him because man 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 and he's like no like yes that's true but also this <laughs> is true like you need to believe me these guys are really really scary <laughs> uh and so he has to like take charge and that's another Sokka moment of him like yeah going and doing what needs to be done because he knows what to do and he goes and he rescues the whole village mm-hmm. that they're going to flood um 
because he was the only one there to do it. He stepped up. And, you know, that's that's what this series is seems to be about is like somebody has to do something and we are here. And so it has to be us. But there's also a lot of great lessons. So in the last episode, we watched yeah. the, the um, oh, what's it called? The the, the deserter. Um yeah. Um, Aang, like every kid's like, I want firebending because it just comes out of your hands and you don't have to like. It's super it's cool. Super I want to cool. shoot fireballs. And, and Aang feels that way too. And then he finds. Because he's 10. he's 10. Um, and then he finds a teacher who's like, no, thanks. <laughs> you, you're not ready. You don't want it. You, you do not know what you're talking yeah. about. And then he finds out the hardest way that it is not something to play with. It right. is actually oh. dangerous to people and the and the environment. Like Sokka got so mad at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, of course he did, but that was like really real. Mm-hmm. Like when he hurt Katara, like that got super real in a way I did not expect it yeah. to. <laughs> it's just like you hurt my sister. I hate you. Like I will throw you on the ground. I will fight yeah. you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was that was heavy. Like it, this, it just really does get heavy in in ways that I. Well, didn't and it's so immediate anticipate. too because he had just been juggling with the fire. The quirky music was playing, and then immediately he burns her, mm-hmm. and you're just like, right, yeah. And then just has the harsh violins or the strings, and it's just like, oh, ah, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, now I'm just like, now I'm like picturing the finale. <laughs> yeah. The finale is like. I, th- there are no words to describe the finale. It is, it is beyond. <laughs> well, and and I, I think part of what is surprising me about the tone, is that because it it's obviously trying really hard to be anime. Like it is it is being an anime, and that's fine. Like I, when it first came out, I was a little snooty about it. I was like, that's not anime. That's not made in Japan. Because <laughs> um, I was an anime elitist when I was in middle school, uh, <laughs> but. It doesn't handle tone the way that most anime do, um, because anime is weird about tone a lot of the time. I find so often what'll happen is, like, for a while, the anime is just, like, really lighthearted and silly, and then suddenly, now it's Mm -hmm. dark and serious, and it stays that way. And it's just sort of, like, this shift that happens at a certain point in a lot of series. Whereas Avatar just kind of, like, ebbs in and out yeah. you know in in, in just sort of more of a western fashion it breathes yeah it's it's, no, like, it's got its emotional highs and no, lows like 30 or like full 60 second stare downs between characters like there's it's action, <laughs> whether it's comedy or scene chewing you know there's no like you know like filler <laughs> right yeah there was like one filler episode yeah. um with the the people to cross in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say too, like, you know, I know, I know a lot about this series because it's been so popular for so long. I've just, it's unavoidable yeah. to like know things about what's coming. And so I know that Zuko becomes an ally. Uh-huh. And, um, and so, you know, he, it's like one of those like, oh yeah, the bad guy is repentant, whatever. And like, I felt kind of over that idea. But then when the, when the blue spirit episode, when they're working together, like I got, so excited and i was like oh okay (laughs) this is the journey this is is why we're very excited the journey is long (laughs) 
And you will be oh, yeah, I'm sure. your hopes up so many times and he will keep <sighs> bashing them. But the final payoff is like, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's, I mean, because I, I, I will say, like, though that is sort of like a whole thing of like, oh, he's the bad guy, but I can make him better. Uh, and that can be kind of gross sometimes. But I will say also, like, some of my favorite characters <laughs> are that guy. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm kind of one to talk, well, right? It's, it's not like, like the romantic relationship that will no it's him. not it's and that's the good. friendship it's like ang wants to heal him not katara like right, there's an episode right. later that, in the series that's very different. where and this isn't much of a spoiler like when he does join the team katara's like no not happening mm-hmm. i don't forgive you exactly, i don't trust you exactly yeah that's that's good uh because i mean and like that doesn't stop people you know <laughs> that's a very popular ship uh <laughs> oh and and by the end you're like I kind of want it to happen. <laughs> well, because, like, I will say, like, one of my favorite television characters of all time is Guy of Gisborne in the BBC Robin Hood series from the early aughts. Because um, he is 100% that guy who's like, oh, you're the bad guy, but I can tell you could be good if you wanted to. <laughs> and it's like, I love him. And he's played by Richard Armitage. And, like... It, you know it's like you just you're like ah like you're so like you're so good at being bad but you could be good <laughs> <laughs> oh quick question how do you feel about uncle so far uncle iroh uh i love him i want to adopt him as my grandpa <laughs> you're gonna okay so he, once you see his like intense side you're gonna love him even more well because i've seen his sort of Sneaky side when, but he also has like, you've done something wrong. You have to pay, Uh and then you're angry, and then you're like, oh yeah, you used to be a Fire Nation general. You're the the brother of the Fire Lord. You have some power. Right. Yeah, he's so unassuming um, Mm -hmm. and sweet and adorable, and now you want to hug him and have tea with him. But no, I, I, I mean, yeah, because there are I mean, when he got captured, and then he oh, like yeah, he gets out, tricks them, <laughs> he gets out, and it's very good and very smart, and it's like Uncle Iro, you got tricks up your sleeve, like oh, I like it. Uh, no, he's wonderful. He's a delight in every scene. I want more Uncle. I <laughs> and he, <laughs> give me Uncle. And even, even Admiral Zhao, who could easily be like the stereotypical villain has a little bit of nuance. Like, he's very, like, huh. even less so about getting the Avatar, because Zuko's all about, the, all about the Avatar and getting his honor back. Zhao is all about moving yeah. up. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just power hungry. He's gonna do whatever, it, yeah, because Zuko, he's, yeah, he's got this, like, he, his sort of, I can't help but think about it in, like, storytelling terms, you know, his sort of lie to himself, you know, there's, yeah. that mm-hmm. sort of, in a character arc, they've got their lie that they tell themselves that, you know, if only this, then everything would be solved. And he's like, all I have, the thing that I have to do is I have to catch the avatar. That's what I have to do. Um, and so that's his mission. And that's his, his lie. That's not actually going to fix his life. It wouldn't, you know, even if he caught the avatar. It well, wouldn't. cause it's not about him when it's not about the avatar. It's about his dad. His dad is the issue. Right. And so he's, he's mistaken about that. Like it's clear at this point that he's mistaken that even if he does catch Aang. It's not going to be like he thinks. Yeah. Um, but Zhao is a very different kind of a man, and he's a very angry man <laughs> and a very scary man. 
<laughs> well, and then you learn a little yeah. bit about him in The Deserter when you find out that um, the, the fire What's his firebender was his teacher and that he, he yeah. failed to learn the lesson of fire being out of control. Of temperance. Yeah, so then he burns his own ships down. I once read this fantastic thing, and I, I don't know if this is something that comes up more explicitly in the show or if this was, you know, some a, a great little sort of... Uh, interpretation that someone came up with about how telling it is that Uncle Iroh is all into drinking tea. Um, because in order to brew tea, you have to use a very specific and steady temperature. If you boil water too hot, you'll ruin the tea. And so the idea that Iroh is, you know, he's very controlled and very wise, and he can make tea <laughs> because he you know, because he's he does have that temperance. So what you learn, I think you learn in season two, it might even be later in this season, um, Iroh actually studied waterbenders. So so he can't ah. waterbend, obviously, but he learned, he's learned, he learned lessons, lessons and from techniques the from them that alter what you think about firebending. And so mm -hmm. he, he teaches Zuko about... Uh, the fire chakra and how that's in the belly and mm -hmm. ways to uh, control that. And it's really, really cool and really um, important to a lot of major moments in, in battles and in, and in the series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just a lot of really smart writing, um, which, you know, and I, I don't want to like be mean about it, but like, I just, it didn't, I didn't necessarily expect that because it's like, is this a Nickelodeon show but no it really is it's very thoughtful and I just I love all of the sort of uh Asian cultural representation you know it doesn't all look the same it's not you know you there's these very distinct cultures and regions drawing yeah, nation, upon real life Asian cultures mm -hmm. in a in a smart yeah, the nations have yeah have different visual stories even small villages have a different story compared to different like they're in a lot of different earth nation villages that all look completely different mm -hmm. yeah earth yeah the the earth nation seems a little bit more like um sort of a south asian kind of thing going on whereas um you know fire nation is obviously extremely imperial china you know it's no secret they're drawing on that and then you've got the sort of inuit culture of the water tribes um and yeah it's... Well, you haven't seen the northern tribe yet no we have not gotten to the north pole yet so it's it's similar to the south pole but if the south pole had not been under attack for a hundred years by the fire nation <laughs> so like a lot bigger and more prosperous <laughs> yeah i'm excited i'm really excited <laughs> uh yeah because it's it, it's so fascinating to see it's like this is a world like it's a whole world but it's just all asia and that's so unusual for western media to depict the world that way mm -hmm. you know it, it's so yeah. often this eurocentric like the whole world is europe kind of thing um mm -hmm. but no the whole world is asia that's great <laughs> that's cool <laughs> Yeah, like, the, oh man, the Kyoshi Warriors were just too oh. cool for words. And that was a good learning episode for Sokka. I mean, he definitely mm -hmm. still has a long way to go, but, like, that was an important moment of sort of humbling for him. Fun hint. Um, most of the characters that leave an impact on you that they meet 
come back at certain points. Yay! I mean, because there, there was already, like, a little bit of that with the Bounty Hunter episode, um, where yeah. they've, like, mm-hmm. they've barged through all of the locations that we've been so far. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the crazy, the crazy medicine witch. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's really fun, and I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I'm, I'm definitely still raring to watch it. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm, it's gonna be no trouble to finish this series. <laughs> Just remember, I have to be present for the finale so I can look at your face. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll make sure to, I'll make sure to pay special attention to when that's coming up, <laughs> and not. <laughs> Not get ahead. Uh, well, do you want to do recommendations? Do you have anything to recommend this week? Oh, um, oh, I saw Ladybird finally. Lady, oh, Ladybird. Yeah. Cool. With, I assume uh, it was great. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I wish it would have ended like ten minutes earlier. Oh. Because I felt a really great ending and then it kept going. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I really, really loved it. It was such a like perfect little uh, look at that time period. Right. Um, and like a great sort of introspection of or inspection of like a toxic mother-daughter relationship that's also like deeply rooted in love but still not positive right um and i i really enjoyed that i don't think it's a good mother daughter movie because it <laughs> might it might actually bring up some tensions <laughs> yeah but it also depends on who you are i thought you know it was it was very good and i'm glad i finally saw it good yeah so if you haven't i Frankly, I, I still need to see that. So thank you for recommending it's it. It's on Amazon Instant, although I don't necessarily uh, um, support Amazon currently. Right. But I am not paying to watch it. I watched it through somebody else's account. <laughs> so you've got like deniability there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, I bring to you a recommendation in two parts because I can't make up my mind. And also, I think maybe I've mentioned one of these things before and you'll have to tell me if I have. Um, because I want to recommend the album uh, Howling at the Moon by the indie artist Aviators. And I don't think I've actually talked about it on the podcast. I just told you in person yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was that was that album we were listening to in my car when we were going mm-hmm. to the outlet mall? <laughs> Uh, and it's so good. I just seriously, since I discovered this album, I listen to it at least a couple times a week. Uh, I really like it. It's 100% my jam. Uh, Aviators in general, great artist. I really enjoy his stuff since I've discovered it recently. Um, but this album in particular is sort of, I think he calls it um, Synthwave. Um, I don't know. I don't know about I love electronic music. I don't know how the genres break down at all. Um, (laughs) But the fun thing about this album is it's all spooky Halloween theme. So you know I like it. Uh, My three favorite tracks. Um, The first track uh, is called uh, The Far Side. And it is a vampire love song. And I like it. It's fun. It's spooky. It's romantic. Um, And there's the track... uh, 
Neon Sonata, which is a riff on uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, and it is about a future techno witch trying to bring her lover back from the dead, and it doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> so again, very fun. Um, and then the title track to the album is Howling at the Moon, and it is a funky, smooth werewolf jam, and that's all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> it's a very fun album. It's a good listen if you're into synthwave <laughs> if that means anything to you uh just it's 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 got fun themes it's right up my personal alley um it was just like where have you been all my life <laughs> aviators because this is what i needed um and it's on spotify just like us <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the other thing i want to recommend have you yet watched the latest movies with mikey episode uh get off the floor i don't think i have what's that one about it is about mikey oh it is about he's coming he's being real about what happened to him oh yeah um, yeah, yeah after his really terrible near-death experience and coping and living with ms and um you know, he's like, I didn't like, I didn't want anyone to know what I was going through. But like, I need to be honest about what happened to me and what it was like, and what I went through. So I'm going to tell you about it. And it's so crazy to hear what he was going through when he was making doing some of his best work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, th all through like the end of last year, you know, he was making some fantastic videos and going through hell. Yeah absolute and utter hell to a degree that and it was yeah he, in fact killing him yeah i mean he was you know he was out of the hospital but he was you know recovery is so hard and he's still you know he's he's never gonna have the life that he had before and you know just like i don't want to necessarily tell you because it's better to hear it in his words um but just like the things that happened in his life and the the struggle that he was going through at the time that he was making some very very good work and he talks about how um how much in retrospect his struggle was informing his videos mm -hmm. in the way it was almost like he was talking to himself oh, through his wow. videos and telling himself to get better mm -hmm. And it's insane and it's tragic and it's a real, but like, don't let me scare you off from it. Cause it's also a really funny and entertaining video. Cause he's Mikey uh, and he knows how to make a good video. That's, that's enjoyable to watch, but it's just like really eye opening about the struggles that people can go through without you ever knowing. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't want people to know how hard things were for him, but it was excruciating. It was, unimaginably difficult and you know he's he's doing well now and he talks about how this year personally though it's been kind of a hellhole of a year globally <laughs> 2018 has been a good year for him personally and medically and that's wonderful to hear and i'm so glad you know now that he's out of the weeds that he can look back and say like wow things got really really bad for me there and i'm glad that i got through it yeah i remember him posting on social media um, when he got back from the hospital, it was like, today I walked to the front door and then I couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day. Um, mm -hmm. and he, he, he always had like a smile on while, while, you know, going through the pain. Um, mm -hmm. so he's just so bright and I'm so grateful for him. 
Yeah, it's he's he's a good boy. He's a real good boy, and I'm 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 just always inspired by him. Thanks for all you do, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mikey. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and elsewhere. Spotify. <laughs> Please uh, rate us on there, subscribe, write a review. Anything you'll do helps more people to find us. It really makes a difference for us, and we really appreciate it. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod. If you want to chat with us, ask us questions, tell us what we should talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, what's your favorite movie ever, what you saw recently, what book you read, all of that. We don't bite. We love we love it if you talk to us. It's it, it would be very fun. We we want to have a conversation. But don't be mean. No, that's not allowed. Mean people aren't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song "Fraud" from his album "Artificial Heart." Until next time, remember no, no guilty, guilty pleasures. pleasures.